What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And that was Bringing on the Heartbreak from Def Leppard High and Dry album 1981. So I'm Lee. Todd, how are you? I am. Lee is recording the... Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at my teleprompter. Uh, I am well. How are you? <laughs> Don't get soundbagged. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are we here to talk Maybe. about? Seahawks and Seahawks. Uh, some, Seahawks. some other stuff. Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks and stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about stuff. It's Let's June. I mean, actually, got mandatory, uh, mandatory OTAs, uh, mandatory minicamp uh, coming up uh, starting Tuesday, Tuesday mandatory. through Thursday. I couldn't add the three together, and that's sad. Tuesday, one, two, three. That's so. Anyway, yeah, Tuesday through Thursday, mandatory means people have to show up. So if there's any holdouts, which there probably won't be, but remember we had Cam Chancellor. So uh, and I'll jump in real fast and say this. So I I put up last, as you know, last week, I put up the uh, interview we did with uh, Walter Jones. Yes, indeed. Uh, from 2015, which was the beginning of the seat. 5,000 listens. That's my guess. Yeah, all, all Walter Jones. Oh, I sound great. Um, but <laughs> I, I, some of the things we were talking about, I was like, oh, my God. I asked one of the questions we asked him was like, so Cam Chancellor is currently holding out. What? And I was like, what? Wow, like, that seems that was a while ago. Years ago, yeah. that was a while ago. But in the same time, it was like yeah, it wasn't that long. But it was like it yeah. really wasn't that long. But it seemed it was forever ago. So who knows? Yeah, in normal life, like yeah, that's not just just a few years ago. But in, but that really kind of brings home is like how different life is for those who athletes versus yeah. humans. Those who those who endeavor in the physical activities of sports, yeah, athletes, those guys. Is it true that NFL players only live four months out of the year and then sleep the other part? That can't be true. Otherwise, nobody would show up at OTAs. Well, Maybe I was they come out say, of you got OTAs, for a few weeks. So, yeah, if someone need a little extra rest, that's why they skip the uh, the OTAs. They're holding out. They're holding out for more life. Holding out for more food. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. we have nobody's going to hold out that that I know of. I don't know. I don't know who it would be who would hold yeah. out at this point. Uh, Pete. Pete's going to hold out. That's right. It's going to hold. I want more money. That would be weird. A coach. Uh, I don't think that's that would, anyway. That would be really weird. Ted Lasso himself. <laughs> it's like I need more money. That's right. Be yeah. I have no idea who it would be. I mean, they don't have anybody coming up. I mean. No. You know, Jordan Brooks are not picking up his fifth year option. Right. Damian Lewis is is contract, but why would he he was not gonna hold out? Um mm-hmm. but anyway. No. But yeah, so that's coming up and then they skip a few days and then on the twelfth through the fourteenth they have more OTAs which are not mandatory. So it's just kinda like, hey, come out, work out if you want to, go home. And then there's a break for like a month. And then training camp starts. And that's the that's the the Malik McDowell time, right? When you don't want any shit to happen. The so Malik, like, Malik McDowell time. Perfectly said. Yes, indeed. That's when you don't want to sabotage your career. Yeah. Any oh, news, any oh, breaking oh, news at that time is not good news. Unless it's like, hey, Frank Clark is yeah. 
resigning. Let's go ahead and get into Frank Clark. Not literally. That would be illegal. So, um, but Frank Clark's still a free agent. Who knows how much he wants to get paid. He could be somebody. Somebody posted on social media. It's like, oh, you know, he's. Uh, the, I actually think it's somebody fairly well known. But he was like, oh, you know, his asking price isn't as high as two months ago. We, first of all, we don't know that. I right. mean, Jadavian Clowney used to do that all the time, right? Yeah, I'll sign one. Gets to be training camp. Right. Otherwise, what do I need to do? There's nothing for me to do. I'm not getting paid till then anyway. So it's he's actually yeah I guess I get paid in July right the fiscal year or does it go week one through I guess it's week one actually they don't get paid in training camp that's weird when you think about it anyway so mm-hmm. people have lost listeners like oh Lee doesn't know anyway so all, week one all through three the, all three listeners they've said like I'm out that's right even I've stopped listening to myself <laughs> but uh, yeah anyway so Jadavian Clowney used to make a, a habit of like yeah, I won't <coughs> sign until closer to training camp and Frank right. Clark has no there's no drive for him to sign right now. So no. who knows? There's got to be a team, and there's teams out there with money who are like, oh, yeah, we'll pay you. He can definitely help. My question with, with Clark, I'm going to ask you this, is he, he hasn't had great sack numbers the last two years. He's good in the playoffs. Right. But he also formed a good duo with Jaron Reed that one year or a couple of years in Seattle. Right. I mean, if you do you think the Seahawks should re-sign Frank Clark and – what do you think they should max sign him for? I think they have bigger needs to address than a defensive end. I would uh, jump in and say long snapper at this point, but that's not the <laughs> They've got a long snapper. They got a long snapper. I, w- I would prefer that they find uh, a true nose tackle. And yeah, they have nose tackles on the roster, but they're all like undrafted free agents, which doesn't mean they can't play. Hello, Doug Baldwin. But they have a lot of pass rushers at this point of course we've seen that in past seasons it's like oh they have so many pass rushers can one of them actually show up and do the job and it's like yeah we've had a couple show up and do the job but you can never have too many so i get that but they don't have question marks that pass rusher like they do you know if they had a big need sure and and i'm not saying it's like oh i don't want frank clark it'd be great to get frank clark back but until they know for a fact that they have some guy who weighs 340 pounds in the middle who can't be moved, who can really help them stop the running game, which they desperately need to do, I wouldn't want to go after Frank Clark. And off the top of my head, we're going to lose two more listeners because now we're done to none because I'm not listening to to myself at this (laughs) point. But, you know, I don't know who's out there. I I know there's no target out there of a similar talent like Frank Clark. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I would prefer they address that rather than another pass rusher, especially Frank Clark, because, like you said, he's inconsistent during the regular season. When you get to the postseason, and yes, they will make the postseason again, then he then he's on fire, which is wonderful, right? It's like, perfect. But he's it's going to take a lot of money to get him. I mean, what's he going to – he's not going to sign for less than I'm thinking, like maybe six or seven. Oh, yeah, what, bottom line, I would think it would be bottom, more yeah. like 10. Right, because he, he's, he's I'm sure he's going to want something in the neighborhood of like 10, right? Yeah. But I don't think he's going to get it at this point. Unless, of course, there's a team who's going to be desperate because their star pass rusher goes down because it always happens in the summer, of course, and someone's going to need him, and that's what he's waiting for. Yep. He's smart. That's what he should do. He doesn't have to. What is Frank Clark going to do in OTAs? 
Like, does the guy not know how to play? Like, I don't want to say he takes entire games off because I don't think he takes games off, but he doesn't need to practice. 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 Yay, double weeks. So, you know, he's, he's doing it perfectly. He's playing the game perfectly. He's just waiting for the right opportunity. Someone's going to give him a call. Yeah, it might be the Seahawks. You know, maybe they're going to decide it's like, hey, we're solid at nose tackle. Yes, we need another pass rusher because, again, you can never have too many of those guys. But you've got to have an anchor for the middle of the line until they know they have that. Frank Clark is a would be a wonderful extravagance for this team. And they are not at the point where they can just say, it's like, yeah, let's spend – Nine million. Let's spend almost all of our remaining cap on this one guy that, you know, it'd be nice to have him, but he's a luxury because he would be a luxury for this team at this point. He's not a necessity. Yeah. Let me interject right here when it comes to Pride Month and Target. Uh, so if <laughs> if you're one of those few, because I, I joked about it and I want to make sure people, myself, undrunkenly understand <laughs> that if you're one of those people who who are upset at Target for having Pride Month stuff, which they've had for the last decade, by the way, yeah, is not yeah. something new. Um, and and you don't you go to the store and then you get pissed because you're in the store and you see something that offends you because you're a bigot, and then you uh, threaten someone physically or you tear something apart. Don't go to the store this month, then. Just don't go to Target. You're the bigot. Target's not doing anything wrong. In fact, Walmart even has a Pride part of their website. It's okay for people to be different from you, first of yeah. all. But you know, when you're saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna boycott, boycott uh, Target," I know next month in July when it's not Pride Month and you need that microwave exactly where you're going, and you're gonna yeah. go to Target. So stop being an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, I don't understand. But, and yes, we are diverging, and that's what we do because this is uh, the Seahawks podcast of both men. We're the only yeah. listeners. Exactly. So we can talk about what we want to because we won't even listen. Like. People seem to forget that they loved shows on television. We were talking about MASH and Pre-Pro. Hi, Ted. It's like there was a character who was cross-dressing the entire show right, on MASH. Almost, the almost the entire time. show. Yeah. Almost the entire show. Yeah, basically the, the entire show. Flip Wilson. It wasn't it, Flip Wilson. Wait, it, did I watch the same show? <laughs> yeah, Flip Wilson was awesome on MASH. You know, he... <laughs> Had did a character in, in drag, extremely popular, one of the funniest bits, <laughs> one of the most popular bits he did. Bosom Buddies. Is that, flip? Is that Flip in the background, by the way? That was Flip in the background. Tom Hanks. Everyone loves Tom Hanks. Started out Bosom Buddies, which was a takeoff of Some Like It Hot, a spectacularly successful film in which two big Hollywood stars dressed in drag for most for about half of the movie. It's like, what are you doing? It, yep. Bugs, how often did Bugs Bunny dress up in drag? <laughs> Dozens of times. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, you're teaching my children horrible things. It's like, really? Really? Aren't well, you? Bugs Bunny is not a real no, real person. He's just a real rabbit. Yeah, that's true. Just like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, which. I don't how know. dare they make a mythical creature black? <laughs> it hurts just me. The, so just the top half. Just yeah, the just the top half. The bottom half is still a, kind of a sea green color. That's right. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Frank Clark, Frank Clark, I'm sure, shops at Target. And Frank Clark, yeah, I would be yeah, happy someone to have shop for him at Target. No, oh, that's true. I don't know. Frank Frank looks like the kind of guy he would shop. I think he would just shop. Uh, I mean, but it, if he if the Hawks signed him, I'd be thrilled to have him back. But I'm, I don't think that he is 
at this point their number one need for sure. Uh, the kickoff rule uh, we talked about pre-pro uh, that's changed a bit depending on which side yeah. you uh, are, look at <laughs> you either can fair catch the ball sometime on the football field and then start at the opponent's five yard line yeah or you can which is ideal I would think or you can fair catch it inside your own 25. Now, I'm, I'm thinking do teams start kicking the ball shorter why would they do that anyway but if you catch yeah. the ball inside your own fair catch the ball inside your own 25 then your team can start at the 25 yard line it's basically exactly like the college rule so there's you know the nfl eventually will just do away with kickoffs altogether the only thing that i can think of that they reason they haven't is because they're always slow to react to things and also a lot of players would lose jobs because some players like nick belore for instance really they're there for their special teams prowess um so you know that 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 may be a, a, a CBA thing that has to be written in and we don't have kickoffs anymore. But at the same time, it, it does take away some excitement. And Pete Carroll said, said this week that he still wants to be aggressive when it comes right. to kickoff returns. And there's a certain player who, kicked, especially week 13 on, who is excellent in kickoff, still a free agent, who they re- should re-sign. So if Pete's really committed to returning kicks... Instead of getting injuring, possibly, one of the players they have on the team, and DJ Dallas is fine, but he's yeah. not exciting. I think they need to go out and grab that guy named Godwin from last year and pay him a million dollars or less to be the kick returner. Um, yeah. But let me, let, me, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Do you think they really should be? Does it make more sense just to fair catch the ball and then start the 25? Or should they actually try to return kicks if oh. they, say, catch the ball at the five? I agree with Ted Lasso. Uh, Pete says we want to be aggressive. They ranked, I believe, ninth in in uh, efficiency and kickoff returns last year. Not not great, but certainly not in the bottom half of the league, right? It's like Top it, half. It, it's, it's situational. It depends on Ooh, what whoa, whoa. I don't think you can say sees. that word on a public podcast situational. Oh, we were so. talking. We were talking about target. They'll have, they'll have to deal with it. So you know, it's if if the returner sees it, it panning out that okay, I've got a lane, and and occasionally the returner will be wrong, of course, because that happens. But especially if they sign Godwin, and it's like, yeah, please sign that guy back. I mean, we talked about him a bit last year. I wrote about him. It's like, where the heck did this guy come from? Like, you know, okay, like bounced around the NFL, but obviously he found his niche just like Target last year. Just like the um, receiver in the Super Bowl. Okay, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> He's got 100 yards catching. I don't, was this guy even on the team? I don't know. There's not something like that. There's Chris Matthews. like that in the Super Bowl. Great band, by the way, the Chris Matthews band. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would prefer they remain aggressive. Uh, at, at times, will it cost you? Yeah, of course it will. It's like you're you're gonna have times when the guy gets dropped at the nine. It's like, well, okay, but they have the kind of offense, right, that can overcome that on occasion. You don't want to be back in that position all the time, which is why you need an excellent kick returner. And yeah, DJ Dallas is fine, but when you got when you have a guy like they had with Godwin, like you got to resign that guy. Like, personally, I would prefer, and a lot of people are going to say, a lot of people, well, the two left that are listening, they're going to say, you and I, you would rather have Godwin than Frank Clark is like, yes, I would. 
because they have a need at that position. That's a bigger need. And it costs a lot less money. And it costs a lot less money. For like for the amount that Godwin would take, we could still probably sign Frank Clark. I would sign Godwin for $15 million a year. <laughs> and we've lost all our listeners now. Hey, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely get I wouldn't Godwin. sign him for that much, for the record. No, if anybody's not. actually listening besides us, a million dollars a year is what at max I would sign him for. And, right. and that makes sense to me. And it would probably take, he would probably sign for quite a bit less than that. But yeah, I think the max it. is what seven hundred and seventy thousand. I think that's the minimum. I think. He's, he's he's worth. He's he's oh hundred yeah hundred percent hundred percent. He's worth a million dollars. Hundred percent. He's worth ten percent of a million dollars. There you go. He's worth. Is that taxes? What are, what are Seattle city taxes? Yeah. Anyway, so there are state taxes in Washington. Yeah. I would I would prefer them to see them be aggressive, just like Pete says, and I think most coaches. <clears throat> are going to want to do that. I, to me, the coaches who are going to say, yep, we're going to take that sure thing at 25 every time, I think most of them are going to be out of a job. 60% but, of the time, it works every time. That's right. I mean, seriously, do you think Andy Reid, and I'm using Andy Reid because obviously he's been a very successful coach lately, do you think he's just going to say, yeah, we're going to start at the 25 every time? <laughs> Andy Reid? Like the guy who does the spin the bottle huddle, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to start. They're not just going to say, OK, we'll drive 75 yards every time. No, because although they could, they could because they could. But sometimes you want to have a 50 yard drive or maybe no drive at all because uh, look who took it into the end zone for us. Yeah, like, yeah they, they should they should be aggressive. I, I don't really mind the rule change. It's like, OK, you know, give them the option. But it's an option. Now, like you said in pre-pro again. Uh, the number one hit on Google, and I'm not going to say the name of the site, but someone wrote that it's at the 35-yard line. 12th man rising, leave which, owl. <laughs> which is insane. It's like, no, it's not at the 35. Oh, my God. It's the 35 so, of the other team. Yeah, it might as well be at that point. But it it, it will be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, would you occasionally even do a script? I mean, obviously, you're going to do it. I don't know. Would you do a squib kick on, on, on in those circumstances where you still typically do a squib kick? It's like, yeah, I suppose you would. Uh, I'm not talking about that little squib kick where you know some lineman's going to return it, but it'll be interesting. I, I mean, do squib kicks really, do they normally get inside the 25? I mean, yeah. they may. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you're going to have to, at that point, I'm thinking, I got this guy who can do anything with a football in his foot i think i might have him do those kickoffs in those situations because he's not going to be kicking anyway the other uh, way of looking at this though is the nfl just hates kickers and it's not the kickoff it's the kickers because they're telling kickers you either kick it into the end zone or you kick it short and your team is penalized yeah pretty much so jason myers has got to be like okay i need to get back to where i was with the jets and kick every ball into the end zone yeah he did he did improve on that uh, last season by quite a bit. A little bit, a little bit. It's still weird, though. Like, I mean, yeah. we know the guy has the leg. And it almost seemed intentional. Yeah. It's got to be intentional to some degree. Yeah, the like, season don't before, kick it into was, the end zone. season before, it was terrible. In, yeah, which, uh, again, has to be intentional. Some, a, a coach, yeah. the special teams coach is saying, kick it, uh, which I don't understand, but kick it short because we've got a good coverage <laughs> team. We have Force any return. risk. Force the return. Yeah, which is, yeah, I'd rather... Personally, I would rather the other team say, yep, we'll take the ball at the 25 every time. I would much rather do that for, as the defense. 
I'd rather them know. I would rather know. Yep, they got to go 75 yards every drive. Does it make me old that uh, the 25 yard line still seems new, like a new concept? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm older, so yeah. Uh, I yeah, mean, well, we get to be my age or your age. It's like it's all relative at that point, yeah. you know. It's it's like you could be 95, I could be 80. It's like we're both past 80. Like cat years. Um, which are always the same. They're always little baby cats. Uh, wouldn't you, as a as a defensive coach, wouldn't you rather know that like they're going to be at the twenty five? They're going to start at the twenty five every single time than worrying about like oh, occasionally they may have to drive the ball ninety seven yards. Then again, they're at our seven. <laughs> I would rather just know is like okay, yeah, take the easy guy out. Let's see you drive to seventy five yards every well, play. And- Unless it's the Seahawks, who last year when this team started off like 95 yards away, that's when they scored. And it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. they started on their 40. It's like, we shut them down. It's yeah. like it made zero sense. Yeah. Very, so, very weird team. I don't know. Um, Tariq Woolen is, uh, I, I, well, before I get into Tariq, before we do, um, Abe Lucas actually had surgery on his shoulder, which I didn't yeah. know about, but I guess he's. Almost back to full strength, should be ready for training camp, but yep, yep. it's weird that it didn't. Did you know he was injured? Didn't see anything. And had surgery? Yeah, me either until this past <laughs> week. But he should be back by uh, full strength by OTAs or, tr- sorry, training camp in July. And Tariq Woolen had the weird. It concerns me that they keep saying how weird it was. Yeah. You know? Well, it was a weird injury. He should be back plenty of time for training camp. It's like, if yeah, you keep saying weird, that concerns me. It's like, oh, okay, this is what was the injury we saw. Because he's not, <clears throat> Terry Cole's a bigger guy, right? He's yeah. he's not the biggest guy. Um, he's tall, 6'4", but thin, as he should be, because he's a cornerback. So yeah. the knees, therefore, take more pressure. It makes me like, okay, if there's, is there a, and, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying this is the case. But it does concern me a little bit, like, is he going to? Yeah. Was it such a, a weird injury because it happened so easily that that could happen again in the future easily? Yeah, that's what makes you worry. I mean, it's like it's like he was walking and he shattered his pelvis in eight places. Which yeah, do. which sounds but like something like, I would do. But he was just walking. It's between plays and he's walking. And it's like, oh, I'm like, okay. And somebody threw that sandbag out there. <laughs> Tripped him up. It, yeah, it, that aspect of it is concerning. But what's not concerning, though, is... Everything went well. He's expected to be back full strength. So, as far as we know, I was the wonderful. doctor, by the way. <clears throat> well, in that case, <clears throat> yeah, glad you got I that was money. Up proud. Week. No formal training. Um, <laughs> Six rubber that, bands and a retainer. It like that news as good exactly, as new. Exactly. I didn't even have the rubber band. Um, it was like I, it was just it was exactly like uh, Man on the Moon. So I put the rock on his knee, and it healed. I think. I think that's what it was. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is that what it was? 
Yeah. Oh my God. Tupac's uh, favorite actor was Jim Carrey. Anywho, uh, that's that's true supposedly. So uh, also true is that there is a TV show starting whenever you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, but it actually starts on June 5th, 8 p.m. on Fox, which I even still hate saying Fox, but man, yeah. that's what it is. Um, it's funny that we just as an aside, and we get liberals which we are if you listen to this podcast and you're like oh they're liberals then you haven't ever listened to this podcast before. <laughs> yeah really but it's funny we we get upset at fox news but fox is the same thing right it's just like oh okay but fox is okay because it's not fox news even though it's the same thing anyway yeah, but there's exactly. a show starting at 8 p.m local time whichever local you are 8 30 sorry newfoundland um but it's gonna it's it's hosted by william shatner it's filmed in australia they've taken 12 celebrities and put them in somewhere in the outback i guess and had the conditions uh, as of mars uh, matt damon's not involved and then they have to like go through they have to work as a team and they have to do all this and then eventually the person who wins is the quote-unquote brightest star in the galaxy uh, the probably the the two-tone galaxy um and uh, talking about Tom Hanks. Is that what it is? <laughs> this two tone, right? Sure. That you do? Isn't that? Yeah, two-tone? yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, but the reason you should watch and the reason we're bringing this up is not to, we're not sponsored by this show or the, or the program or Rupert Murdoch, is because Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman are both on the show. So to me, it's like, and you can, you can expound on this as much as you want to me it's like having sherman on i would still watch it having yes. marshawn on i would still watch it having the combination of the two at the same time is yeah. must must watch tv for me yes, and few absolutely. things i say that about but absolutely. i have to watch it at least the first episode yeah just this the, the combination of those two they're both very bright both very funny but in very very different ways and, and the setting of them you know allegedly training to be on a mission to Mars. And then and you Trent, throw in... Trent Williams is on it, too. No, I'm joking. Then <laughs> you throw in the shat. Yeah, I don't remember any of the other celebrities that are on. I was looking through the list, and it's like, I recognize, like, uh, two-thirds of the names. I, and I don't Bruce really Willis's care about Willis's daughter, who I didn't know that was his daughter. Oh, yeah, Rumor Willis. Yeah, that's right. She's on. Which, again... Who right. cares? Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Like... Yeah, Ronda Rousey's on. Which, Ronda Rousey... I picture Ronda Rousey and our man... Marshawn are going to throw down at some point just for fun. I think they're going to throw down for yeah. fun. I think that would be, I think that would be hilarious because I think He's they so know it would be hilarious. She is, though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and Richard will tell him she's going to go for your arm, bro. She's going to go for <laughs> and she will, and she will yank his arm out of his socket if he isn't careful because that's what she do. That's about all she can do. Sadly, as, as it turned out, but does it, does yeah, it bother really. you that she's listed as a wrestler in most of its wrestler Ronda Rousey? Because she's no, much more she than that. No, that's what she is now. I mean, right. you that know. Sounds, that sounds uh, racist. That's what she is, man. That's what she is. She's an actress also. She's an MMA stylist. If she had actually had a decent coach. She does hair. She'd still. Is she, that what you're saying? She's she, a she MMA, she styles the hair of yes, MMA fighters? She does have good hair. She has good hair. Yeah, if she'd had a decent coach or a that guy's terrible. Anyway, uh Don King. Don King. She basically coach. basically <laughs> what she had is was Don King. It's like, Oh, you're great, you're great, you're the best. 
you don't have to do anything. You're the best boxer in the world. It's like, you can't box. But I'm going to tell you, you're an awesome boxer because I want to build up your ego for no reason instead of actually make you work on what you need to work on. But Marshawn and, and Sherm is like, oh, my God, they're going to be awesome. Because you know there's going to be ridiculous situations they're going to put them in because it's entertainment. It's an actual, They're not actually training to go to Mars. Even if they were, it would be interesting. But yeah, I think stars on Mars. Yeah, there, yes. It could just be Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch with William Shatner, and I would. I watch. would much prefer that, actually. <laughs> uh, much prefer that, and I, I don't know what the format if they're going to eliminate people as they go along, and they so they winnie the pool down. Hopefully, they don't. Do I think it. they Hopefully. do. I think that's what the. I think that's what they do. Well, by rumor, it was nice seeing you, um, but <laughs> I picture. I would rather they keep everybody on and just kind of keep a rally, a point total going because. I know that's, you know, it's like the survivor thing. That's we true. Eliminate to go along. But it, and and maybe that's what it is. I, I could be incorrect. All I know is it's Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch for one episode and the third party judge is Doug Baldwin. So I, I know that. Mm-hmm. And then that's, I made that up. What will happen? <laughs> <laughs> that actually is like, you know, if Doug, actually Doug Baldwin is like, Doug Baldwin's too busy to be doing that crap. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like. Um, I don't know if you saw Sherman's because it's 30 hours, you know, to to where they filmed it and round trip and 30 hours back, right? Or maybe it's 30 hours. No, it's got to be. I can't be. Can't be. Anyway, but Sherman was like, "Yeah, this is not a trip I'm going to take in my in my free time." And it's like he didn't mean because the place yeah. was so bad. He just meant uh, this is a long trip. Yeah, yeah. So it is um, free time, Richard. <laughs> in their free time, Richard will probably be halfway to another degree. And Marshawn will probably launch another business or, or vice versa. So, you know. Yeah. Actually, I take that. Doug Baldwin is not the not a third party judge. He wouldn't do that. However, the second episode is just Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson. Didn't know that. So um, now that anywho. is must see TV. <laughs> That's must see. I wonder who gets out of the pit at the end. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Percy Harvin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Russ. Uh oh we, oh we're talking about Russell. Yeah, yeah. Briefly, so uh, yeah. The the funny thing about the Russell Wilson thing to the Eagles, who yeah. he and he he said no, I'm not going to do that, but he went to the Broncos. Yeah. The the odd thing to me is that we knew this last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden people are talking about like oh you know well we knew about it a year ago, so it's like we maybe we didn't know he said no, but we knew there were rumors that maybe hey. A Jalen Hurts possibly to Seattle and blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, I don't want Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but yeah. um, but we knew about that last year, right? It was, this is not breaking news. Right. It's just there's nothing else to talk about, I guess. Yeah, yeah and your article definitely nailed it on the head because that's what you're from last about, year. Like, from last year. It might as well have been. Uh, but what's funny to me is – and. I'm writing an article about it because, again, it's June. There's not a lot to write about. But to me, it, it's the the fact that he wanted control of the Seahawks, right? He wanted the general manager. He wanted the coach out. Basically, he said he wanted to run the team. Jody Allen says, uh, I don't think so. So off you go, skedaddle. And the fact that he wanted to run the team and he made the assessment that the Broncos were more likely – to be a championship team than the Eagles tells me speaks volumes about why this guy did not to did not need to be running the team. Like 
the Eagles weren't like a, a ball of fire by any means in 2021. I'm not saying they no, were. but they made the playoffs when nobody expected them to, and it looked right. like they were going to be the better team. Exactly, they were by far a better team in 2021 than the Broncos were. And, and the fact that he decided, no, the Broncos are where I need to be, that tells you everything you need to know about why this guy did not need to be the de facto GM of the Seahawks. Talk about dodging a bullet. Yeah. It was uh, because, uh, just to jump on what you're saying, the reason he went to Denver is because he could be. He knew he was going to be yep. the voice of that team. Yep. And now it's funny as it turns out. And, and for as we say, I almost – feel like we have to have a disclaimer on this podcast but as we say every time we talk about russell wilson mm-hmm. we we want no ill will to happen to him in 2023 the seahawks yeah. do not get anything from that whereas right. they did before however russell wilson went to denver for that reason yeah. and now he has the complete opposite in denver like okay if you yeah. don't listen to your head coach now you ain't playing yep exactly you know and the, and the reason i'm going to i'll just say i'm going to harp on it is because he's proving himself to be an ass yeah it's like he he could make the super bowl i'm happy if if he takes the broncos to the super bowl and the seahawks kick his ass and they beat him like they beat the broncos last time like that would be spectacular i would love that it's like if he makes the super bowl and wins and if the seahawks aren't in it and it's like okay that's fine good for you russ you got your title legitimately yeah the fact that he proved himself to be such a jerk like, oh, it's got to be my way. And then we see that his way would have been a freaking disaster because he didn't recognize one team that was on the rise and another team that was like not so much on the rise. And granted, his arrival had a lot to do with it. Like, yeah. Did the Eagles make this? <laughs> no. I can't even say it. The answer is no. Yeah, exactly. The Eagles don't make the playoffs with Russ. Absolutely. They, not. they might make the playoffs because of their defense um, and in that division, but they don't get there because of Russ and they don't win a playoff game. And that's because of Russ. maybe maybe they would go nine and eight again like they did in 2021, maybe with Russ, which is absolutely no improvement, obviously, and not what they, that's not a what good they point. did. You know, it's like uh, he played so badly and maybe with maybe with better coaching, because frankly, Half of that is Russ and half of that is on the coach because, after all, they got a new coach, like you said, in Denver. It was like, if Russ can't win with Sean Payton, Russ is done. We know that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because and I hope, the, I hope he plays well. Yeah. Co- coaches know more than players do, period. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Some I mean, but generally don't. speaking, the 99.9. Well, yeah, and but the but good neither coaches, did yes. the quarterback. Right. That's that's my point is that that was right. just a worst case scenario for Denver fans. It was. But if you have a coach who has, if if Russell Wilson were a college player and went to the University of Tennessee and was not doing what Josh Heupel wanted him to do, yeah. Russell Wilson even now would not be the starter on that team. You run the offense this way, and right. this is how we succeed, and and that's what Sean Payton's gonna bring right and and rightfully so he has the experience and he's one with a quarterback that's basically the same size as russell wilson but quarterbacks players most of the time even though we think oh patrick mahomes patrick mahomes it seems like a good dude i i like the guy i want him to win if if they play the seahawks in the super bowl i want the seahawks to win the super bowl but i'm okay with patrick mahomes getting there 
But right. would Patrick Mahomes be where he is without Andy Reid? Of course not. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Not a, not a chance. And part of that, too, is the fact that they gave him a year to grow. Yeah. They, did, they didn't just say, it's like, oh, this guy's hot. Let's throw him in there. Let's let him take his Well, they, they also like, had the greatness no. that is Alex Smith. Actually, and no offense to Alex Smith. He seems like a really good dude. Alex Smith was a decent quarterback, too. Like, he was. You know, he was ran like, the offense the way exactly. Andy Reid wanted the offense run. Patrick yeah. Mahomes could just run it a lot better. Very true. But, but it goes back to coaching again, right? It does. Absolutely. And that's one thing Russ didn't want. That's why Russ wanted to go to Denver, because he wanted someone who was, like you had said, it was like he wanted to run the show. And he did. And not such a no encore is coming from that performance, which is why they have Sean Payton now. So hopefully Sean Payton gets him back on track. Hopefully Russ has a good season, like his typical Hawk season. He has 32 touchdowns. He has like six picks. You know, he. he I think you will with Sean Payton. If he does. Because of Sean Payton. Yeah, exactly. And if he doesn't, then he then seriously, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. And and hopefully that's not because he's been he was an excellent player for the Seahawks. Uh, his ego just got the better of him. Clearly, his ego got the better of him. That he thought is like, well, I know what's better for this team <laughs> than the than the people who put this team on the map. It right. wasn't you, Russ. It wasn't you, buddy. Yep. And it just kind of makes me feel ill that I wrote. I probably wrote half a dozen articles talking about uh, the arguments between Russ and Sherman. And Russ and Bennett and like taking Russ's side. And Russ and Baldwin. Yeah. And I'm like, and when I got to that point, I'm like, mm, you know what? There's a lot of people who seem like really good people who are really smart people. And they're saying the same thing. And Russ is the only one saying the other thing. Maybe they're right after all. It turns out. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that's enough Seahawks talk. I can't believe we went that far into the show talking just Seahawks, even though this is a Seahawks show and I especially love the Seahawks, but we usually don't do that. Um, <laughs> so so let's change it up. So a few things, uh, NBA, NHL, just because I wrote this in the uh, in the in the 12th Man Rising. So we have to talk about thing. it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I have to. So because I always forget to do that. Uh, NBA oh, playoffs, uh, oh, Nuggets. Say that again. Well, sandbag yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Nuggets are probably going to win the NBA championship, which means that yeah. the owner of the Nuggets is actually going to have a Super Bowl win, a NH, a Stanley Cup win, and an NBA championship within a year. That's all crazy. Needs, all he needs is the Tony. That's yeah. right. And to be a better human being because he's a Walmart guy. And yeah. then the NHL, of course, uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights won their first game. They'll, they're probably going to beat your Florida Panthers, um, even though the Panthers are a good story for being there. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then we have uh, Bayern Munich. This is this is the team. Like this is how good I want the Seahawks to be. And I don't know how much. Do you know anything about the Bayern Munich situation? Correct. No. Okay. So they they won their eleventh straight title for. The Bundesliga, 11th straight. Okay, that's kind of weak, but okay. Yeah, but they they had to win it, and I was watching it, I will say. Uh, so it came down to the last uh, – soccer slash football does, does things the right way when it comes down to, okay, there are championships on the line. So the Premier League, Bundesliga, no, I don't watch La Liga that much, but, but they all play the games at the same time. Um, on the same day. 
So you don't know, like you can't be like, kind of like what we saw with the NFL playoffs last year. Like, oh, thank God the Lions won, because otherwise we'd be yeah. sitting back like, okay, well, this is the last game of the season. But soccer doesn't do that. It's like they're playing it the same day. So it came down to Dortmund, who was uh, two points ahead of Bayern Munich. And if they won, they got the league championship for the first time, obviously, in over a decade. And then Bayern Munich <clears throat> had to win. So they won, and Dortmund drew so because of the goal differential for the season Bayern Munich took the title but Bayern Munich is so used to winning and winning fairly easily that at the after they won the title they immediately fired their CEO and their director of team operations it's like screw this this is too close we're much better than these other teams that's how good I want the Seahawks to be like okay well, we won the Super Bowl again, but, you know, the score was within three points. We're firing everybody. <laughs> it's just like, Oof. that's what it is. And it's like, it's some serious shit. I mean, you think the NFL is serious. It's like, you don't know t- high-end level football teams. It's like, those are the teams that really make the money and the players that really yeah. make the money. And that, that that's intense crap over there. Um, so yeah, that was just like, that was immediate. Like, and they even, when I was watching the match, they even showed the CEO and he was, they made the decision. I don't think he knew, but they made the decision before the match that those two guys were going to be gone. But they, you know, immediately within minutes after the match, boom, you're gone. It's just, it was kind of heartless, Wow. but it was at the same time. It's like, that's how intense it is there but yeah. anyway that's how good i want the seahawks to be like well we won 11 straight super bowls but this last one was a bit too close everybody's fired <laughs> <laughs> that's just so crazy oh my god um and then the french open is still going on um djokovic won today i watched that a little earlier six three six two six two um and he's he's through to the quarterfinals he's rolling. And, yep, for all the for all the records nadal has at the french open Djokovic has now eclipsed him in one record, which is most quarterfinals made. 17th for Djokovic. That's insane. 15 15 in a row. How the years are rolling by quickly with, you know, Cam Chancellor. It's like, oh, we're talking about Cam Chancellor's holding out. And it's like, that seems like it's a thousand years ago. And it's like, how is, is Djokovic old enough to have played in that many quarters? Yeah, I mean, he's a kid. That's oh, he's, yeah, teenager, late teenager, early, or yeah, 20. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, think it's been that long. That's incredible. 17. Jesus. Quarterfinals. And that's just in the French Open. I mean, and, and they were talking about, like, the the previous record for, like, weeks at number one was held by Federer. That was at 310. Yeah. And Djokovic passed that. And now he's at 388, which is just, like. That's insane. It is insane. Um, but tennis is fantastic sport obviously but yeah. um i do want to I, I do want to talk about this because before we get into the rob gordon's nadal i don't you saw where he had hip surgery right yeah right recently and he's out for five months but I, it was a very european doctor way of uh talking about post-surgery i can't even remember the words he used but it was like it depends on the realm of how it, it was like, what is he saying? I, I saw the quote, too, and I can't remember it now because, after all, I did have an entire bottle of do 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 But uh, 9% of Nadal's favorite 
his beer wine. Totally his favorite beer wine. Beer uh, wine mule. Beer wine. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Beer, beer, beer wine mule sangria. Beer wine shine. Um, but yeah, it was very. It was very, it, it was something like the, the realm of the time. And they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, what? 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 Did yeah. J.R.R. Oh, Token write this? What is you know, this? To, to be fair, English is probably his seventh language. So, you know, that's okay, dude. Oh, my. That reminds me. I was watching. Uh, sorry, I got to jump in. But um, I was two two days ago is when Djokovic played his previous match. The thing I love about tennis players in general and really tennis overall is how global it is. Yeah. So he's doing his post. It was on Tennis Channel, which I subscribed to. So it wasn't actually on TV, but he answered, you know, post match. Elitist. The, yes, I'm. I am elitist. But um, he answered the questions in English, and then they went to French, and he answered them in French. And it's like you think about. Yeah. That's that's an awesome thing, and it's not Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, all yeah, those yeah. people can do it. Yeah, they're all do it. They all. Do I haven't it. seen Tsitsipas win too much, but and he wins a lot, but I haven't seen him. I haven't yeah. watched his post match things. He could probably do the same thing. And it's like in America, it's like, oh, we got to speak English. They need yeah. they come to this country. They got to learn to speak English. Screw you. The rest of the world speaks multiple languages. Well, usually it's they got to learn to talk English. That's so, true. You know, because they, they don't talk no good. Themselves. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of, I mean, I was, I think about that and I always feel kind of like, mm, I really should be working harder. And things like that, because you know, I, I should speak three languages or four languages or seven. Uh, you know, there's no reason not to. Well, our gal pal Whitney. I mean, remember yeah. how she just used to yeah, sit yeah. over and. What are you learning today? Uh, I don't know. Ancient Greek. I don't know. Was... <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's on Babel. I'm learning it. There you go. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. But but anyway, getting back to Nadal, it kind of sucks, right? Because it's like even if he comes back, he comes back after five months, which means at this point he's really not coming back until right. January and maybe some of the, the pre-tournament for the Australian Open. And even if he does that, he's not going to be 100%. No. So maybe he the French next year where he loses to Alcaraz is his final <laughs> tournament. Yeah, probably. But that that's the way to go out, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, the way to go out would be like uh, Paul Bettany and Wimbledon and actually win the thing, but um, which is a good film, underrated film. But uh, yeah, Nadal coming back and winning the French Open in 2024. Again, he's not my favorite player. He is left-handed, so I like that. But it's he's not my favorite player. He's a good person. But, you know, you got to almost root for him at that point, right? In 2024, if he comes back yeah. and plays the French. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway. I will. He's no Jim Carrier, but no, so um, no, he's no Jim Carrey either. Jim Carrey playing tennis? Surely that's happened. I think Jim Carrey actually does play tennis for some reason. Oh my God! As Jim Carrey, not as like yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim not Carrey as the played mask. Tennis. No, Jim. Well, I was thinking of uh, the uh, fire marshal. Um, <laughs> on on Andy Griffith. Uh, yeah, on the Andy Griffith show with. Uh, <laughs> With Bill Murray calling the action. <laughs> that would be some, somewhere. I still have the VHS tape that I just happened yep. to be recording a Chicago Cubs game. I knew you were going there. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. about to say. Do you remember yeah. the days yeah, when yeah. Bill Murray used to jump on? That I, was awesome. I still have that, and he's and he's and Kerry was out for like two weeks because he yeah. was yeah. overcoming. Now he just does the Charleston River Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that he probably has at some point because that's where he lives, right? So probably. It's like, I thought you 
<laughs> I mean, Carrie has the Charleston River Dogs. It's like, yeah, I, somewhere I up mean, there, it's got to do something you once you're dead. Something, yeah, that's true. Announcers never die, which is but actually I, true in a way because their words. That's true. Well, their words live on. Yeah. Well, all of us. But yeah, I remember when he's uh, he's he's going through the lineup and he's he's intentionally struggling struggling with just like I can't say struggling with Andres Gala. <laughs> Gala, Gala, Gala. That's right. <laughs> the big cat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Anyway, and he, was, and he was doing that show with Dan Deerdorf. So, um, no, I made that up. That's not a real thing. Uh, anywho, Jim Cott. So, uh, Kitty Cat. Kitty Cat. Oh yeah, I did go from Big Cat Galarraga. To, did Galarraga ever make the Hall of Fame? I don't think he did. Did he? Did he? Should he? Yeah. I mean. What do you think? Is your favorite player Steve Garvey in the Hall of Fame? No. Yeah, but I mean, he had some well, off-field he has, issues. He has, he has his own Hall of Fame, you know what I'm saying? There That's you, right. That's what we're talking about. Hall of Fame. He likes the blondes. <laughs> um, ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of blondes, our Rob Gordons today are... You want to tell people what our Rob? I have no idea. I don't think I probably have. <laughs> our Rob Gordon today are our five favorite blondes. blondes. My favorite, <laughs> five favorite blondes. It's like Marilyn Monroe. I'm gonna start with number five. For me, it's gotta be Chris Everett, right? She is something, still something to this day. Number four for me, Charlize. Gotta go, Charlize. Oh, <laughs> let me say this real fast. Fine, let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're already there. Um, that's what she said. So, uh. The uh, the Barbie film, right? yes. I, I'm, I'm excited. Speaking of blonde, too, um, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, but I'm actually looking and and heck, um, Ryan Gosling's blonde in it too, right? And both really good actors. And and the funny thing is, I'm yes. almost looking forward to seeing the film because we know it's not going to be what people oh, it's a Barbie film is about because we know it's really not about that, right? Right. Um. So that's that's one of the films I'm I'm looking forward to the Wes Anderson film like yeah. uh, I oh can't more than 100 percent yeah um there's a John did you ever watch the trailer for the John Hamm Tina Fey film yes gotta watch that okay yes and then uh, what else Mission Impossible looks really good that's coming out in July it does it does what else what am I missing anything else you can think of everything I mean Indiana yeah. Jones the, obviously the, the Wes Anderson version of Star Wars, you're missing that. Oh my! Those have you watched? There's Star Wars. <laughs> there's Lord of the Rings. Um, Lord of the Rings. I like the really like the Lord of the Rings one. Yeah, because they're, they're letter perfect. They are dead on. They're hilarious. But if you watch those with people who haven't seen Wes Anderson films, they're like, right. oh, I don't understand. <laughs> right, they won't because there's not. Yeah, if you don't get if you don't know what Wes Anderson does with his films, you don't get it at all. Uh, they're hilarious. But, Why is everything in the middle? Because, well. Uh, Spider-Man uh, Across the Spider-Verse, part one. That's actually, I, I don't think I'll have a chance to see it this weekend, but that's already playing. So we can Made a it. ton yeah. of money already. Second most, second biggest opening for an animated film, is that right? Mm, Am I right about okay. that? Mm, sure. I don't know. I haven't looked. But I'm sure you're right. And if, and if both of us go see it today, it'll, it'll hit number one. I don't, I don't believe in Spider-Man. Um, it's uh, <laughs> JP Spider-Man. I believe in Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Anyway, yes, our five, five Rob Gordon's are the five, our five favorite blondes. 
Oh, what? what? Songs of Summer. Five that favorite make us blondes of summer. summer. Our five favorite summer? songs of summer. They're all so named when we Summer. We hear the song, we think of the movie 500 Days of Summer, and we cry because we realize he was really kind of a bastard in that movie. Uh, anyway, five <laughs> our five songs of summer that make us think of summer, not of other things like Game of Thrones, because that makes yeah. me winter. He was a bastard, but reality bites. And anyway, so, um, <laughs> yes. So, num- oh, number, yeah, well, we are talking about our five, five songs that not our favorite songs, but just remind us of summer. Yeah, five uh, songs that make us think of summer. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Because I have a couple honorable mentions. I've got two. Yeah, I have, okay, exactly yeah, I two. have two as well. There we go. We're done. Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, because the honorable mentions are going to take 40 minutes and then the five are going to be like <laughs> yeah, three. Exactly. That's right. We're on a time crunch for no reason at all. Anyway, what are your uh, what my, are your my honorable mentions are Center Field by John Fogerty and The Boys of Summer, John Henley. Oh, damn it. You went with an eagle. Um that's exactly. it. That's the show. That's exactly. the show. Exactly for that reason. <laughs> um I went with the uh, make sure I got my yeah, okay. So um I, my one of mine is called Engine Driver by the Decemberists, not the Russian revolution group that put out a song <laughs> it's peter paul and mary really opening for the decemberists here's vladimir um yeah, I, I was really looking i'm going to interrupt you in the middle of your honorable mentions i'm not even going to wait to interrupt you in the middle of it because i <laughs> i always look forward to music because i know they're going to be radically different when we do movies or tv shows or sports or whatever it's like of course there are going to be some differences but they're going to be similar the, the music is going to be like <laughs> like is this the same show each other. Um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, I think that um, counterpoint. James, I think at least <laughs> I think at least two of my songs would will actually me all all five, five maybe, we'll find but out. We'll find but out. at least two are gonna be like oh yeah. Um, but the reason I have that song is because I was you know a, a young lady and that was a um that was a memory. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, it sounds salacious, but it wasn't at all. It was just like, oh, December, so we listen to December, and that's an awesome song. And well, then... Songs uh, of Summer, that's my number three, by the way. <laughs> and then uh, the other one is Let's uh-huh. Dance by David Bowie, which is by... F- yeah, yeah. Not, no way near my top <clears throat> David Bowie songs, but it just feels like summer because it's fun. <clears throat> there you go. All right. And Steve Ray Vaughn's from Texas, where these there is he, he plays a guitar on the song. And, and there's summer. Eternal Summer, yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, you gave the list, so I'll start off with my number five. And these are really not in any particular order, so I'm just going to start with in the summertime. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes? To Too late. In. I gave me no, number five. We're because done. Because we always we always have to preface the same thing. They're not in any order, and if you we had the same list next week, it would be different. Uh, <laughs> mostly different. But then they wind up in the same. <laughs> then we off on him like, yeah, but number one's always number one. But mine, <laughs> these are really just no order. So I'm going with in the summertime. By Mungo Jerry, the, almost the definition of the one-hit wonder. But if you, most of you probably like, what the hell is that? It's like if you, if you Google it, Google a song. Well, go to YouTube, go to Amazon, go to wherever you get your music, go to Spotify. In the summertime, and say, like, oh yeah, I've heard that song like eighty-seven thousand times. Every AM radio station, and our FM radio indeed, or Sirius on probably channel eleven or whatever. It's like yep. after Memorial Day, you're gonna hear the song like seventeen times. Until, until Labor Day. Just don't say Happy Memorial Day. Whatever you do, it's not Happy Memorial Day. Not Happy Memorial Day, man. I'm sorry. Um, 
It yeah, is grateful. Five. It is reflective, but it's not. Don't have a happy Memorial Day. Remembrance. It's re- day yeah. of remembrance, literally. Anyway, your number, number five. Five for me is Frogman Henry's. No, I almost, I almost had that one. <laughs> but <laughs> but n- number five for me is Summertime Blues, but not by Cochran, but by Blue Cheer. Yes, uh, that's the right version. I almost put yeah. that on. Yeah, because it's just so fun and distorted and yeah. actually was listening to this song came on a uh, I was eating at a Mexican restaurant in Austin Texas in the middle of summer when the song came on and it was just like I think that's the first time I ever heard the version and I was yeah. like what is this version yeah. of this song it's it's I like the Cochran version because yeah. if you took if you took Eddie Cochran's version when he recorded it and put it into 1993 that version's a lot heavier because cochran has the same sensibilities yeah. right as like nirvana um yeah. but blue cheers version is just like awesome it's just distorted and it's just primal and it it's perfect and, and that's a song that's been co- god there's probably 500 covers of that song right which similar to a lot of these songs of course but yeah that like i said i almost put that on my my list too because mm-hmm. and Death that patel version. has a version no i made that up <laughs> Death patel could have a version my number four, number four, again, in no particular order, um, I'm having to like strike out the thing so I don't give you the same thing again. My number four is Hot Fun in the Summertime. And that, of course, is could only be by Sly and the Family Stone because it's, you know, the song just sounds like summer. It describes, I mean, just listen to the damn thing. They have a song about a mouse or something. Um <laughs> Yes. Sly and the family Stallone. That's it. Yes. <laughs> it's his daughters. And he just and Sly just plays, plays the bass. It's incredible. That's right. We asked Frank, but we were like, no, Frank ain't going. So number four for me is uh, he had a song. What was that Frank Stallone song? Coattails. Was that from? I, be- I believe it was called Coattails. <laughs> was it from uh, from um, the, uh, was he on the vampire film? I have no idea. I can't anyway. remember the one was in. It's like I actively managed the video story. Footloose, bro. Managed not to have any movies with Frank Stallone. As far right. as I know. Okay, anyway. The only one we showed was uh, the... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no <laughs> I was idea. thinking of the fox. The fox where he's the Red Riding Hood. Is that what it is? That's it. No, no, no. Is that what it is? No, no, no. Robin the Hood. Fox. Robin Hood, yes. <laughs> Red Robin. Frank Stallone is Red Riding Hood. Red Riding Hood. Oh my God! That's, there we go. Red Riding Hood right. with Eminem as Frank Stallone. Robin in the Seven Hoods. That's, I think we're uh, done. That's oh, precursor that's coming up in just a second. So number four yeah, for me really. is uh, "Keep Feeling Fascination" by the Human League, which just is, came out in the summer. I mean, it came out like 1981, but it's just yeah. like fun. And that's what summer songs should be, right? Ideally, exactly. Like, Ideally, they're going to be fun. Exactly. Upbeat, upbeat, upbeat pop, synth-driven, fun song. Like, <laughs> like every song from my number three, Robin the theme, and the Seven Hoods. The theme from Iron Ironweed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tom Waits's vocals. <laughs> Tom Waits just screams summer, doesn't he? Actually, uh, that probably would be. I mean, any Tom Waits uh, song may be on my top five for uh, summer. That's true. <laughs> Thank God. My number three is uh, it's an instrumental. I almost put two instrumentals on here and I'm like, yeah, I can like do instrumentals. But uh, I could have gone. I could have gone with Mr. Lou by Dick Dale. But that's almost kind of overdone because of uh, Quentin Tarantino's brilliant use of it, of course, for uh, 
his best film, but I went with Wipeout by the Safaris just because I like Wipeout better. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, it's that's definitely a summer song for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it just to me, it's a fun song. I like that song when I was a kid. I still like the song. And I just like the insane laughter that kicks it off at the beginning. Not too many songs start off with a stream of uh, Joker-esque laughter. <laughs> Djokovic laughter? Djokovic-esque. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Djokovic-esque. Um, I have to say the esque softer because I can't say it otherwise. Like, I would just choke over. I would miss it. Choke over. Choke over-esque. Stuck at the top of my mouth. I don't say it no good. Uh, number three for me no is... French. Uh, uh, say quoi? I don't. I don't. That's all. Say quoi even in French? I don't know. <laughs> um, number three for me say is. Quoi? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Gosh, I hope you don't have that one song on there. That uh, je ne sais quoi landed on my head. What is that song? Lady Marmalade. I do not. Good. Uh, number three for me is. That makes Mom- me think of other things other than summer. Marmalade. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of toast. I really love Paddington Bear. It makes me, you know. <laughs> Paddington Bear or Paddington Bear 2? Uh, 2 is phenomenal. Yeah, 2 is phenomenal. Oh, by the way, we watched um, we watched Operation Fortune last night. Yeah. Have you seen oh, that did yet? you? I've not seen that yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. We watched it and Donna was like, oh, it's not it's good. And I was like, but it's just pure entertainment, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hugh Grant's phenomenal. Hugh Grant is also in Paddington too. For those listening, I joined them together. I'm not insane, completely. Anyway, number three for me is Mama Africa by Peter Tosh. When in the how old am I? Mid '80s, I was a huge fan of reggae music. I mean, I listened to lots of other stuff, but yeah. huge fan of reggae, like One World, Peter Tosh, Jimmy Cliff, um, someone else who I have on this list I won't name yet. But Mama Africa is, is just it's just man. Something about listening to Ray, just even though the songs are can be extremely sad because of what they're singing about, yeah, yeah. they just sound hopeful, and that's kind of the point of the whole genre, right? Is that's how it got started. Like yeah. we're gonna overcome this. I mean, Jimmy Cliff is the epitome right. of that, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Mama Africa is just like it's just such an awesome tune. And I'm gonna go with the depth, the soul-searing depth of Summer Breeze by, oh, no, <laughs> by oh, no. Seals and Croft. Oh, yes. That's our show. <laughs> Summer breeze, because it makes me feel fine. There's anyway, a Steely be- Dan coming up. <laughs> there needs to be. Uh, mainly because I actually had jasmine outside my bedroom window when I was uh, growing up, and it would bloom in the summer, and if my windows were open, I would have a hell of a horrible allergic reaction. Uh, like, seriously. Wait, and you are, this when you lived in Michigan or Florida? This is Florida. Did you did you have Confederate jasmine? I know that sounds like um, I'm, it's a real thing though. It's like what they, it? grows in Charleston. Yeah, so there's something called Confederate jasmine that grows in Charleston. It smells phenomenal. Um, I actually tried to grow it at the house like I don't know ten I'm years ago. Sure, or whatever. I'm pretty sure this was Union jasmine because it probably was. Blue. was. I mean, it was blue. Seminole yeah, jasmine. <laughs> Seminole? Seminole? No. Seminole. That no. That's but those are the uh, those horrible uh, Bradford pear trees, the Seminole trees. Uh, oh, those yeah, yeah. jizz trees. Those are jizz trees. Seminole, Seminole, not Seminoles, Seminole. Um, yeah, I, I, it just it smells me. just like what I, I, uh-huh. I taste like. Uh-huh, it does. Number four. <laughs> Number two. two. 
number two. Number four. <laughs> you so quickly tried to change the subject, you didn't even know what number. Number 65. Let's change it. <laughs> go, 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 go. Number two for you. <laughs> number two for me is, uh, speaking of uh, Robin and the Seven Hoods, Frank Sinatra. Ah, there you go. Summer Wind. Summer Wind, yes. Yeah, which is just, I love Frank. First yeah. of all, especially that yeah. whole era that he put out Summer Wind. And um, a lot of people don't realize like how, I mean, yes. you know, oh, Frank Sinatra. Bars. Give me a few bars, Ricky. Let's hear it. Give me a few Summer. bars. Let's hear it. The summer Wind. Oh, yeah, come on. No, but it's uh, in the 60s. He put out some of his best music. I mean, he, he was. He was at the peak. peak. He was at yeah. the peak of his powers. He actually was. Yeah, he, he really was. Yeah. His, his um, voice mellowed a little bit, but he still had the voice. Yeah, it dropped because of all the alcohol use. And yeah, he would yeah. say that himself, but it's not me saying it. Yeah. But yeah, Summer Wind's just a, it's just a, that whole era, but Summer Wind's just a great song. And when Don Rickles comes in on the chorus, phenomenal. Yeah, well, and, you know, Jason Bateman's, <laughs> you, Jason, Jason Bateman's father-in-law wrote, have you ever, you, you got to listen to the, Paul Inca, by the way, is Jason Bateman's father-in-law, for those who don't know. Um, did you know that? You knew that, right? I, I, I've forgotten that, but yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, he, he's weird. on an episode of Smartless. It's worth listening to just to talk about his time in Las Vegas. Actually, I didn't realize, and some of the guys, Jason did because he's the, the son-in-law, but some of the guys didn't realize all the stuff Paul Inca had done. Like Paul Inca oh, was Paul like, Inca yeah. a crap load of music. Wait, yeah, and not only that, and not only for himself, like he wrote My Way for Sinatra. Yeah. Right. But he was like, yeah, it was like when I was getting together with Carson, I was writing the Tonight Show theme. And Sean Haynes yeah. was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Blanco was like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not at all bragging about anything. He was just telling stories, which right. which there's people of that ilk, uh, old, older than you and I, yeah. who just the way they like Mel Brooks, just the way they tell stories. It's like, man, I don't care what you've done in your life and you've right. done great stuff. I just want to hear you tell stories because the way you tell stories is phenomenal. Not many people know this, but Paul Inca wrote the Fleeter Mouse. So he did. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty talented guy. Well, uh, he probably could have, to be honest. <laughs> just about. Just about. Yeah. People really don't realize it's like this dude wrote a ton of stuff. Prince was like, like oh, Paul. Paul Inca, yeah, he was OK. He's like, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, what? What did you say? Prince said, hold my beer. Prince was like, Paul, I need a song. And he was like, oh, well, I get this song called When Doves Cry. I'll take it. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> did you know? Yeah. Paul Anka worked with, um, I think it was on the ba- Michael Jackson's Bad. They yeah, were working did, together. Did not know that, but I'm not surprised. Michael Honest. Jackson came in and stole all the recordings. I'm not surprised. And <laughs> then, yeah, no, he came in and stole the recordings and then put, and so Paul Anka wasn't getting, so then when Michael Jackson years later started recording or started touring with it, Paul Anka was like, he was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you're going to give me half of all the royalties that you're getting from this. Like legally, he said, like, I don't like suing people when somebody steals from you. Yeah. Basically, that's what now I've got to look at Paul Anka's net worth. $17,000. It is. Why are you looking for that? That's not right. So it says 80 million. There's no way. Uh, He's worth a ton more than that. Yeah, it's got to be. They probably missed a zero. Like seriously, um, my number one, and I think you'll like this one a little better than because it's not the Eagles. Is it, it Paul Anka? It, it is not Paul Anka. <laughs> it's not Sills and Crofts. It's not the Eagles. It's Fleetwood Mac. I'm it's not Neil even I'm stopping. She's having my baby. No, that is Paul. Um, 
Beach Boys, but not a Beach Boys song because most people think that for me it's Good Vibrations, which is to me their second best song, but their best song ain't nothing summer about it. But uh, yeah, Good Vibrations to me is like the prime happy Beach Boys song, and that's the band that was basically made for summer. Is the Beach Boys and the instruments, the the musicianship on Good Vibrations is absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So, not Paul McCartney's favorite song ever, which actually <laughs> is another Beach Boys song, but it, it, it's not Good Vibrations. It's the other one, which is not a summer song. But yeah, Good Vibrations just that, that's totally summer. It's like you cannot think of another season without if when you hear that song, you're number one. It is weird that you have a lot of people think of the Beach Boys where it's like, oh, you know, it's just fluffy. What it's yeah. like, no, it's not what you th- it's not as simple as you think it is. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot, some of it was fluffy for sure. But but when they go Pet deep sounds is not. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah, Pet sounds is like there's a documentary on it uh, for those listening. Go watch it because there's no Sergeant Pepper without Pet sounds. And no, exactly. Literally. Because the Beatles were like, oh, they did that. Well, we want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what, what they did. So I, I just uh, watch anything you can find about Brian Wilson. It's just a fascinating, fascinating character for sure. Yeah. Or listen to the Bare Naked Lady song. It's pretty cool, too. True that. Speaking of Bare Naked Lady. No, um, <laughs> uh, number one for me is Bob Marley's No Woman Not Cry. It yeah. just sounds like you should be sitting around a fire, literally, which is what they're doing in the song. Yeah. During the summer at night. So Paul, Paul, uh, Paul, Bob Marley is like all summer to me. Like that's what Bob Marley is. Like I remember going to the beach when I was in the mid eighties, again, when I was listening to a bunch of reggae, listening to Bob Marley. And it's not because it's like, Oh, you know, smoking weed. It's like, that's not what reggae is all about. People are like, that's, it's like, Nope. It's just freaking good music. It's great songmanship. It's based on rock. It's based on, jazz is based on calypso it's based on tons of stuff and i'm bob marley is obviously the king of reggae um but no woman no cry is like a perfect song especially the live version it's just it's just a perfect song agreed absolutely agreed i mean talk about musicianship and talent yeah bob marley was uh the king he is the king i liked him and also he is the father of the duger family why are you the worst? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 